recording, so let's get started. Right on. So first of all, thank it. you, thank you for joining uh, me, Alex. I'm not going to say your last name, so I don't want to uh, <laughs> embarrass you. Um, Alex from Necrogoblicon, and you guys have um, just recently, as as recently as Friday, released mm. your latest album, Fundamentals, Fundamental of Slimes and Humors. So first of all, Alex, thank you for joining me. Um, it's much appreciated. Um, how have you been? Been good. Been good. Reception of the album has been good. So yeah, can't complain. Yeah, I mean, it only you? came out. I'm, yeah, I'm very well. Thanks. Not a lot of people ask me that. People don't <laughs> ask me how I'm getting on. So thank you. Yeah, I like having a conversation. You know. <laughs> yeah. This. Is, oh, this is what's way. About. You know. Yeah. So. It's a conversation. It's not an interview. <laughs> yeah. um, so the album came out on Friday, the first which is like four days did, ago. Yeah. Um, I know it's early doors, but has have you heard a lot of feedback? Um, yeah, been been reading the online comments. You know, I can always like sit refreshing. All right, let's see what everyone's saying. Yeah, it, it's been overwhelmingly positive. So yeah, no yeah. complaints. Yeah, you know, there's, there's just the right amount of people not liking it. I get, I get, I get, uh, <laughs> yeah. I get skeptical of 100% love it. <laughs> You got to find some of the hate in there, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been overwhelmingly positive. So it's great. It's the response we were hoping for. So do you, do you ever, do you ever get annoyed at the negative comments or do you just like breeze past them? Uh, they're entertaining to me. Uh, mostly. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's just like, there's certain, obviously you can't please everyone. And yeah, there's certain people that are, you know, prefer us to go for a sound that we don't want to do. So it's just kind of like, oh, well, can't help you there. We don't, we don't do that. You know, it's. What, it, what sort of sound yeah. are they, are you referring to? I think that there's a few people who, and I think that every band deals with this where there's band, people want you to sound like your first or second album when you're on your fourth, okay. or fourth album. And it's just, you know, that's that we don't relate to that sound anymore. You know, that doesn't do it for us. So it's, you know, that's, it is what it is. I can't blame them for wanting that more. Can't blame us for not wanting to do that anymore. You know, it's... I, I can only imagine being in a band like the, with the internet these days, like before you'd have to read it in a magazine, like from, you know, pick it up and review the album, see it in the magazine. Whereas now it's instant and everyone has an opinion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's uh, what's even more more recent is is not people don't even have opinion, just opinions of the songs, the music. Is I think in the last five years I've seen so many more people having opinions on the mix and the production, and suddenly everyone's an, an expert. <laughs> yeah, that's funny because I actually saw, um, and I don't know whether you saw it, but um, this he was a metal producer apparently, and he was looking at this is it the video and. Um, he was talking about the production and all of that. And I saw that like, video, yeah. <laughs> oh, you did, did you? What did you think yeah, of yeah. it? I, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was a it was a, a fair um, a fair review. Yeah, I, I know. I remember he was saying some things like he wanted the stare to be more sample-y. But again, that's something that we were intentionally not going for. We wanted to sound like a, a live band, you know, like yeah. a real band played it. So that's, again, it's just, that's a matter of taste. I mean, we didn't want to, that was very intentional how it sounds, so. Yeah. This this is the beauty of opinions, though, is yeah. that if everyone liked the same thing, it would be boring. And totally, yeah. Like so, you like you said, you're getting good comments, you're getting bad comments, and they can't all be good. No, they can't. Yeah, they shouldn't be. Yeah. No, but at least you, you don't take them seriously, and it doesn't affect you, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Okay, go on. No, go on, go on, Aaron. I, I was gonna say yeah, in the earlier days when we were first coming out, you know. 
people were first hearing of the band, it was definitely, it was negativity right off the bat, just because there was the whole gimmick aspect. So we're like, we're pretty callous to, to online criticism at this point, but you know, it's, we've, I think we've, we've changed a lot of people's minds, which is also cool. So. I'll, I'll come back to what you just mentioned there um, about the gimmick piece, but I just okay. want to, That's good. like you've been going for so long now. And mm -hmm. did you like this? I know this sounds like a real, obvious question but when you said about the gimmick piece did you ever think you would still be going this long and still be making music that is connecting to so many people well we'd always hoped you know we always hoped that it would continue to do well and continue to connect to more people but i don't think we ever had the expectation where it was always like i don't know that's like you know like 10 years ago we probably would have said oh, this maybe has another five years left in it before we do something else but it just kept growing. So, you know, it's like, all right, well, I guess we're still doing this. So. And like, I don't, I hate to use the word gimmick, but you've said it. So it's your fault. <laughs> I said <now>. it. <laughs> I'll own that. I'll own that. <laughs> but like Necrogoblicon, when I listened to, let's take the last, the latest album, for example, like it obviously is very dramatic and is um, theatrical as well. But underneath all that, like if you talk about the music, you know, there's elements of deathcore, death metal, et cetera, et cetera. Do you purposely add on those theatrics to play up to it? And do you think ever you would strip back the theatrics, so to speak? So theatrics, you mean kind of visually just with John Goblicon or do you mean like uh, yeah? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just okay. Just want to make sure, yeah, because they you know, some people can consider some of the some of it to be musically theatric in certain parts but in terms of yeah we don't really we don't make the music with necessarily with like that part in mind we mm -hmm. they, we voice like because john goblicon was created by brandon dermer who directed our our who directs all of our music videos and he made that no one survives video we were a band before that video came out we already had two albums out and this was kind of a new element that got introduced and and we embraced it and it, and it fit the band because we're not you know we're not like a like uh, like a fantasy folklore type band you know, we've always yeah. kind of been we've been really tongue-in-cheek so that was a way to bring that element into this more modern relatable kind of sphere so but so we, we embraced it but we always and both brandon and us have liked that there are these kind of parallel things that the music is created without that in mind and the character has his own things and the, uh, his own uh characteristics personality story um, but we find these intersecting points between the music and him that we then use turn into music videos and content and stuff like that. But I think that's that's allowed us to to stay genuine with what we want to make and not trying to okay now we have to make music like this because we have <clears throat> we have this we have John Goblicon so like we have to now make a bunch of music that you could hear at a Chili's or something you know like it, it's so we we've kept it we've we've kept it really kind of pure in that sense um and it's it it happens to just go well together and it, the, at the shows it it feels like a very cohesive unit together and you know john's the the band's biggest fan and he's just happy to be there you know so what when i first read that he like, like his name was john goblicon <laughs> i honestly had tears in my eyes because i couldn't <laughs> my brain couldn't put it together that it had an actual name and <laughs> um, I just, I think it was absolutely brilliant. And uh, sorry, like, 
just just come back to the music sorry and the all good so um yeah so what i was saying like underneath all this theatrical of john Coppola, etc the music is is excellent and this album really is you know there's so much good stuff going on that each time i listen to it i'm finding new stuff like um and as a band like how much fun do you have writing albums like this is there an element of fun or is it serious it's i mean it's 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 serious like you know and nikki's the main uh composer our singer he so he's writing he's writing like yeah he, he writes all of it like 99 you know every now and then i'll come in with a a riff or a, a, a lead idea um but i but he and i together kind of like i, I kind of uh, will play as a kind of a sounding board for him kind of like hey what do you think of this and you know we'll come over and just sh- like bounce ideas back and forth and so the process you know it's a lot of work you know it, it's obviously with everything we, we make it seem like it's all fun and easy but it's you know it's it's a lot of work but the best moments of it the most inspired moments of it are are fun like we're usually when when one of our favorite ideas comes up it's like we're laughing our asses off when it's like especially like the song going to die like that that song kind of came about that was that he he and i he and i were were laughing hysterically well like we're like like should we do it like we should yeah let's let's put that in there yeah (laughs) so yeah so there and that element always kind of has to be there like to an extent that's kind of the inception of the band relied on that feeling, that attitude, but there's a lot of just serious, just finessing and, and, you know, the, a lot of the music's difficult to play. It's a lot of practicing for, for recording it. And so it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good uh, balance of, of fun and, and hard work, I'd say. How many songs from the recording sessions of um, the latest album were left out or was there anything left on the cutting floor, cutting room floor? Uh, we didn't really we didn't really record anything that was written and was not going to go on the album. Okay, we we maybe had one song, um, but there's a there was a ton of music that didn't make the album. Nikki wrote like a, like thirty five to forty almost completed songs. Wow, because he he'd been writing ever since like ever since we got off tour for our like our first two tours for Welcome to Bonkers, uh, Nikki yep. just kind of just start got gotten a role writing wise and. And that's the first time we've been in that position. Usually it's like, all right, you guys have to go record this date, have a certain amount of songs ready. And we just like, all right, we, we finished our 11th song for the album. So that's it, you know? So this time it was a bit difficult and it's kind of like, you know, it, everything Nikki writes is, is awesome in my opinion. And uh, it was kind of figuring out, okay, like, what are we trying? Who, like, who is the band with this album? Like, what, what are we trying to focus on? What is, what is Necrogoblicon? We had to kind of like really, go in and just choose the best. And, you know, we didn't want, we want songs to be different from one another, but we wanted the songs to still very much all be, okay, this sounds like, this sounds like the band. This sounds like, like Necro on, you know, but with just a little more pushed further in a different direction, depending on the song, you know? So like, yeah, like you mentioned, we had like some deathcore influences. So like a lesson in hate, that's like, all right, we're going to go all the way into heavy with a little folk and EDM sprinkled in, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was it was a tough process to 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 whittle it down, but you know, ultimately, I feel like we we made the right decisions with every song. So, and you say Nikki wrote writes ninety nine percent of it. Do you mean as in guitars, uh, synth, uh, keyboards, yeah. drum parts, and things like that? Oh yeah, he composes it all in Logic. Yeah, so it's it's you know it's, it's using uh like 
fake instruments at the time. So it's yeah. like, so we come in and record the real thing, but he's sending us, he's sending us our parts basically. So he's, yeah. That's unbelievable. How does he, like, how does he have any time? Is he always writing then or like? Most of the time. Yeah. I, he spends most of his time writing music. Yeah. And he, and, and not just Necrogoblicon. He's, he's got like a slew of other music. He's got, he's, he's got so much and he writes in every genre. He can, he can competently write a pop song and, and uh, like he has a couple hip hop songs. He's got, he, he, no can, way. Do he can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of yeah. these really annoying people who can do everything. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really frustrating. Like, how do you, <laughs> but he, I mean, he put his time in, you know, he's, he's spent hours, like, I think ever since he was like 15, just, just writing music. So it's, you know, yeah, he, so, he was so, consistent about it. So when it comes to recording the album, like when you're all in the room together, I would imagine when it comes to life, the sound is pretty special. And is is Nicky like, is he beaming smiles when he sees it all coming together or? Oh yeah, he loves hearing it real for the first time. Absolutely, you know, it, like, yeah. And I think that's the, that is like, I think the most like uh, gratifying part of it is, you know, seeing the, seeing the kind of the blueprint and then, and then seeing the building finished made, you know, it's the like, Oh, it's real now. This is actually going to exist. People are going to hear this. This is awesome, you know? So, yeah. And this is a self-release, which, mm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think most of your albums, or if not all of them, are self-releases. Yeah, they're all self-releases. So, and that's kind of where, like, I handle the kind of the label side of the band, kind of. So it's, um, yeah, we distribute everything ourselves. Um we we fund it ourselves we we manage it we do we kind of like yeah we handle all aspects ourselves and which means we get to actually keep some of the money we make from it so that's <laughs> and, and was that like the specific reason why you're doing this like self-release because you know in this sorry there seems to be a, a, a conception that every band is trying to get signed and that is like making it you know like you see all these oh yeah uh, like um in films like oh we got signed and we've been offered a three-year con or three-record deal with so-and-so and so-and-so but actually from your point of view that's obviously not the case and you've proven that you can do i mean what is this this is the fifth album is it i think yeah fifth fifth album like if you can if you count our ep it's our sixth oh, release six including the ep that's right yeah. yeah yeah um but you're you're proof that you don't need to have a record label and, and there's more and more bands like us doing the same thing these days. Yeah, it's it's definitely like, uh, and I think it's a lot of people are learning to do things themselves, not just the the business side of it, but a lot of a lot of bands have a member who is also a producer who can record everything and maybe mix everything. Um, so yeah, it's becoming a, a more and more of a pr practice. I think the the record label model is a, like really outdated at this point. Kind of like in terms of especially with how much they keep, you know, like. Mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of those contracts there you know, they are they're funny they, it does have a purpose and especially like if you know if your band is dead broke and can't pay for anything and like yes you should sign a label deal because that's your only option but like um a lot of these deals are kind of like you know the label still keeping like 80 percent after recruitment and everything and it's just it's 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 not practical to, like you can't make a living off that you can't it, it's 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 difficult enough making a living as an independent band um but when you have when you have a label, you have someone else taking that larger percentage of your streaming revenue, then it 
becomes that much more difficult and it makes that much harder for the band to continue being a band because at a certain point you're like okay we just we're literally only losing money doing this there's no you know no one's making money you know so it's it can kill bands too we in the in the oh sorry in the early days or at any point in your career have you been offered contracts we when the no one survives video came out and we we it went viral we we did get an offer but it was yeah it was something where like it wasn't enough money for how much like we're like we can put that up ourselves like we can put right. our, we can put our money together and and you know dip into our savings whatever all, all like we can pull it together and and cover that and also not give away any of our rights so why would we accept this offer you know and so this is very interesting actually the, yeah. the rights because you hear a lot of stuff about um masters and mm-hmm. um record companies holding on to them i think probably the biggest one in in the metal genre would have been motley crew and nikki six getting the the, the master tapes back for them do you think that's the biggest thing the biggest um insecurity with signing the label i mean yeah because i mean the ownership factor that, that, that someone else like you made something completely yourself yeah, yeah. and then someone else just owns it and like like it's a piece of real estate you know like and yeah you don't you don't have you don't have choice of where it goes and sometimes that can be helpful right sometimes a label can get it placed into a movie or something and, and provide revenue but more cases than not they're like they're just making way more off of something that that you put time into making and they funded it. But, you know, I think like, I, and I, the model is not completely terrible. I just think that it needs to kind of, the scale needs to go back a little to being a little fit, like more 50, 50 artist label. Have you ever thought about doing that could be your own label? But it seems like a lot of the, I have thought about it. Yeah. Um, like so technically mystery boxes, our label just, we're, we're, there's like one band signed to it and it's, and it's not right. a Galicon, but yeah. I've thought, I've thought about it and it's kind of like, and, so far, I haven't like, you know, met a band that, you know, I feel like, okay, I can work with this and I can do something with it. But I've always, I've always opened that, that possibility in my mind that, you know, that could be, that could be something I start and, and it would be, and it wouldn't be my biggest thing with it. I think in this day and age, like trying to start a label and have that being a soul, just like being a musician, having be doing a label and having that be a sole source of income it would be difficult. And and I think a lot of the reason so many of these deals are bad is because the label's just trying to, they're trying to subsist off just being a label. And I don't think in this day and age with the value of recorded music, I don't think that's a sustainable model either. So it's, I think, I think that, you know, if I were to do it, I would, I would also do it in a way where I'm not, okay, cool. This label's going to pay for everything in my life now. You know, that's, that wouldn't be my attitude. My attitude would be because I enjoy building bands and, and seeing bands succeed, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, we could go on all day about this oh, yeah. subject because right, I find right, it, yeah. I find it so interesting. Yeah. Um, but we won't because I know your time is uh, pre- precious. Uh, coming back to Nick Goblin, the, the, the band itself. The past two years have been horrendous for. I mean, people have lost jobs, their homes, people have died. Like professional artists like yourself have lost money and. It's been a really tough time, like emotionally and mentally for some people as well. And music for me is always one of those things that is a constant. Like I can put something on that will always make me, it'll pick me up or I can put on something sad when I want to be sad, you know. And Necrogobicon to me, and 
this is what I want to understand is they're a band to me that sort of says, and I don't mean this to come across as disrespectful to you guys, but not to take life too seriously. Like there's so much fun and enjoyment to get out of this band. Is that how you... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say that's that's definitely that's definitely a take home message from it. One of the take home messages. And, you know, it's all there is kind of a whole range of emotions and messages happening. And it's kind of like kind of a, just the, the human experience or the goblin experience, I should say. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, but ultimately, though, I think I think if there's one take home message people should take away from it, it's kind of like, you know, everything's everything's bullshit just have fun <laughs> you know like it, it doesn't the things that we're told really fucking matter don't matter that much and yeah that's and our, our live shows are all about just having the most fun as possible and that, especially we're you know and sometimes we're, we're always touring with with bands that are you know and this is not a diss against them either but are like there's a lot of metal posturing and taking themselves seriously and i love a lot of those bands but we're kind of this breath of fresh air. We're just like, fuck it. No, let's just, let's have smiles on our faces and jump around and be idiots kind of thing. A hundred percent. And yeah. that, that thing in metal is so true because <clears throat> there does seem to, posturing is a great word, but there's there's a lot of bands who, they do take their art seriously and that is absolutely fine. You know, some of my yeah, favorite and bands. I, like, and I listen to those bands. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like Opeth are my favorite band of all time. And, oh, you know, I mean, like musically and 90% of the time they're serious other when Mikhail's actually talking on stage and telling jokes but I'm taking an example like Tool for example who I'm seeing in right. Dublin in a month's time nice. and when I think of seeing Tool I know musically it's going to be great but I'm not getting anything from the band themselves to, to right. complete the experience do you know what I mean and I think that's why like, like you said when you come out all guns blazing smiles on your face the, the crowd get that energy as well yeah we've been told a lot that we like you guys look like you ha are having fun playing on stage you guess you're actually enjoying it I was like that's because we are <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah like yeah that's that is completely accurate um sorry and good. For, for you personally alex like during covid how's it been for you um you know it was uh it kind of, in terms of the, the band, you know, we had, we had done so much touring right before, like we basically got home from Europe and it was in COVID hit. So it was kind of like, I was already ready to not tour for a little bit. So that, that worked out for a while. And we're like, okay, we already have to work on new music. Um, but how long it lasted was definitely like, you know, a thing that I don't think anyone anticipated. So yeah, it was difficult. And, um, everything I do is, is in the music industry. I also, uh, I, I co-own a, a music venue in LA with, with two other uh, musicians and friends. Of no mine. And we, we had to shut that down also. So it was, it was definitely like a, uh, like everything I was involved with had to come to a halt. So my only, the only thing I could do musically was just play and record. Um, so on the bright side, I put more time into that, you know, improve my skills. I think, I think I became a better guitarist over the pandemic. Okay. Um, so, you know, looking, you know, looking for the silver linings, that was the, the good thing. And it's great now coming back and everyone is kind of has this renewed excitement for everything. You know, there's not like, it felt like things got so saturated by the end of 2019, you mm -hmm. know, like, and it felt like everyone was kind of over it, you know, and this renewed energy and excitement is like, I, I can't wait to play our first show back because I think it's going to, it's just going to feel fresh again. It's going to feel good again. So 
I'm, I'm excited about that, but yeah. I mean, you, America compared to, well, certainly us here in Ireland, but in Europe as well, like America seemed to just like open up and was like, let's go. Whereas here we're sort of like, we're sort of, I think I've seen two, three gigs since like 2020, well, since the pandemic. Um, so I assume you're very, very excited about, are you anxious or nervous about going back on stage? I know I, I have a feeling that our first two or three shows back we'll, we'll have like the the jitters a little bit but I think you know it's like it'll be like riding a bike I think like once we once we get in it a few shows in we'll we'll feel completely comfortable but yeah it is it is it's been a while this is the longest I've gone without playing a show since I was like 19 so wow. yeah, yeah so it's 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 it feels foreign it feels like I'm re-entering a past life in a way have you been rehearsing with guys like yeah we had our first rehearsal like um a couple weeks ago um and how was that it was great this sounds sounds good it was our first time playing the new songs and they all like yeah. sounded great like you know we're really amped on it so so that's yeah. the first time you played the songs since recording the album now yeah and at first time playing them as a band together yes because you know we, we all just tracked individually so yeah. yeah so it was our first time yeah doing it all at the same time and and yeah we're in my head i'm like yeah who knows this could be a train wreck this could be great but it it sounded sounded great like it you know it sounded tight and, and awesome and was everyone just smiles in the room like loads of energy and laughing and stuff yeah we were stoked i mean we were we were kind of busy just making sure we like you know we're taking care of all the technical issues we have like a very uh complicated stage setup and everything so we're just like it was a lot of work involved again it's the same thing that we're recording it's it's you know it's it's a lot of fun but a lot of just you know grinding so but like, i think by the time by the time we have that all like finished but by the time it's all all the work is done and we're actually playing shows i think that's when we get to just have fun with it you know so do you because you said you, you sorry you do your own business side do you do your own like stage production and technical or do you have a crew as well help with that oh we so we have a crew we, we can never have too large of a crew because we're such a large band yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah so there's like six musicians in the band then we have one goblin and then so we that usually <laughs> leaves us with only like maybe options for like two or three uh like crew so so everyone in the band has you know pulls their weight and like we we all like help out with everything we don't have we we don't ever get to just kind of like lay in our bunk and have everything set up for us or anything like that we we have to we have to do everything and um but yeah it's like it's you know it's not hard it, like once we're on the road it's it's just routine and it's just you know like it's it's part of your day so do you do you consider yourself and i hate to use these words these two phrases but there's two two ways i see like bands at the moment and it's either underground or mainstream and i hate to use them because mm. <laughs> but yeah, I th am I right in saying was it Post Malone or something called you out in a in an interview? Yeah, with Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah. like how mind blowing is that? <laughs> that? That was nuts. I was not. I was receiving texts as soon as it happened. Like, dude, like Joe, like Post Malone just called, shouted you guys out. Um, yeah, that was that was great. That was and that was another kind of slew of people who had never heard of us that yeah exposed and checked us out. So that was great. Yeah, I did not see that coming. <laughs> I, I, yeah it's one of those real sort of surreal things where it came yeah. out um yeah. i mean like your music as well is when i say accessible 
and I, I like I mean, no, no disrespect at all when I say this, but yeah. accessible because we we go for accessible. That's that's definitely it's a, 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 a objective goal of ours. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Because like my my stepbrother is a massive dance trance sort of guy. He nice. loves Necrogobicon. Like we were talking about it the weekend. He was so excited that I was getting to chat to you. And the other thing is, nice. my kids love you guys. They're three and five, oh, awesome. and I showed them the video for uh, This Is It and they were absolutely loving it. They were dancing around. I didn't show them the end bit with the deaths. That was a bit, <laughs> yeah. a bit much. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Like, just so much fun. And I suppose touring then, um, you're obviously going to have a tour of Europe first, I assume. And then you are coming to the UK and you're doing Bloodstock this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're playing the Friday, I think, on the... We're doing the Thursday. The oh, it's the Thursday. Like, sorry, the, the pre-show kind of thing. Yeah. I think yeah, like, yeah. 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 Now you've last, done download like, before, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like nine years ago. Yeah, we did download. Yeah. Nine years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, what's the what's the difference for you between a UK or European fan show and an American one? Can you see any distinct differences? Uh, I'd say the. UK has always, I feel like, been very uh, enthusiastic about us, and like specifically, uh, and it, I would say, like, all of the UK feels like all of the the biggest cities in in America that we play. Uh, Europe, on the other hand, Europe is is a is a mixed bag. Um, like, there's a very, I think Germany has a very different vibe than than we're used to with the, with the UK, and then, but then there's like. Yeah, like Hungary. Like every time we play Budapest, it's like wild. Yeah. Um, same with Czech Republic, and um, yeah, um, those are like I, I, there's a huge difference from when we go from between Europe and the UK. Just in terms of there's still people are still enjoying it, but the the way in which they enjoy it, um, I feel like it's it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah. Because I've never experienced a show in the US. Um, like personally, but I've been to plenty of shows in, in uh, Europe and I've always wondered, like um, Machine Head's the, the big one that jumps out. Like Rob Flynn's always right. said, like, you know, that Europe was, or the UK especially, really took some game a starting point. And just, this isn't, this isn't like UK against America sort of I know, yeah, yeah. battle. Of, yeah. Who, Alex, right, who do right. you think's better? The States are, <laughs> like, I was just genuinely curious. Um, I know, I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, like the, I think because we were on such a big tour in the UK and we had it such a big, uh, like we had, we had such a monumental show at Download nine years ago that it like I think there's a certain like it feels like we kind of hit it off of the UK first before everyone else caught on, so it feels like like the UK are, have been there since the beginning, you know. So, so what you're they're, saying they're, is the UK wins. <laughs> not explicitly <laughs> <laughs> i'm only joking people listening yeah. this is a joke do not take that literally um <laughs> so final question for you um alex and this has been great this has been so much fun um agreed in terms of fundamental slimes and humors where would you rank and you can be as arrogant or as modest as you like with this question where do you rank it in 
Number one, without a doubt. Um, full arrogance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Full, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. Full no, arrogance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would yeah. you rank it at that height? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that like without a doubt. And you know, and every obviously every time we do a record, we're like, okay, look, we got to make it the best one we do, and that's yeah. always the goal. Um, this I've never like upon completing this one and listening back, and then listening back to our older stuff, I I had like no doubt. Like I was like, yeah, this is, you know, at the very least, this is like at like our favorite by far our favorite like bar none so and we it seems so far that a lot of fans feel the same way so that's that's good and any particular is this do you think this is down to what you were saying earlier during covid you had a lot of downtime to practice do you think musically you're all you're all better and in tune sort of thing yeah i think i think the band overall got better nikki's nikki's vocals like oh yeah went up, went up at least two tiers i feel like um eric our drummer his like he is already an amazing ripper of a death metal drummer and this time around it was even like you're our producer and me were in this like studio watching play like did he get even better like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah i think we all we all we all took it up a notch i think and i think maybe perhaps perhaps being indoors this long and just having to just have nothing to do but play music i (laughs) i imagine i imagine was a contributor to that so for two years you just sat and got better at playing music for two years i sat and got fatter it seems like an unfair trade-off oh oh, we oh we we got fatter too (laughs) that makes me feel a little bit better at least um alex thanks so much for your time man this has been great and um the new album's wicked um i I hope to catch you uh, at some point i'm hoping to do bloodstock depending on a few things here and there but um great to see you there yeah 100 percent. and um i wish you best of luck for the rest of the tour and the album release and um yeah thanks once again enjoy the rest of your day thanks so much Alex. thanks a lot all right take care man cheers man see you bye